As the most recent session of the Utah State Legislature ended, there was a lot of backslapping and congratulatory handshakes and a lot of people saying, boy, this is one of the greatest sessions ever. You know, we, we sort of uh, made a lot of baby steps. We took a lot of baby steps towards some great bits of legislation. That's what you heard legislators say. Hmm. Well, we decided we'd talk to uh, Jim DeBacchus. State Senator Jim DeBacchus about that. We decided we'd talk to him on the Let's Go Eat show and see what he thought about the 2016 session of the U- Utah State Legislature. You know, I've known Jim for a while now, and um, I don't think I've ever seen him so down about a session of the legislature. He was really, really depressed. You'll find out why uh, Jim DeBacchus thought this was one of the worst sessions of the legislature we've ever had on the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, Jim DeBacchus, he's a true progressive, a true liberal. He's one of the smartest guys in the Utah State Legislature. I'm proud to say that he is my senator. Uh, But let's get his report card about what went on in 2016. Uh, If you are a progressive, if you are a liberal, uh, you'll not feel very good at the end of this. Let's go eat show, I'm afraid. Now, if you're a conservative, uh, if you think that... uh, um, what the Utah State Legislature does is a good thing, generally. I want you to get a hold of me after you listen to this and tell me why Jim DeBacchus is wrong about this stuff. You tell me why he's wrong, because I have a hard time finding any fault with what he has to say here. And that's because, you know, I'm a lockstep liberal. Let's face it. So, after you listen to the Let's Go Eat Show, contact us through our uh, social media. Contact us at uh, theletsgoeatshow.com. Go to theletsgoeatshow.www.theletsgoeatshow on the web. You know, all of that stuff. You tell us, you tell me why Jim DeBacchus is wrong about any of this stuff, please. All right? Uh, and then, you know, go to iTunes and Stitcher and like us on iTunes. Review us. Do all of that. We really appreciate it. All right, here it is. It's Jim DeBacchus. Uh, we want to thank uh, the club at 50 West for uh, providing those delicious French fries and for Chase for bringing me a cup of coffee in a real cup. That was nice of you, Chase. And thanks, Dylan Allred, for producing the show. And without further ado, Jim DeBacchus, the Let's Go Eat show. And feel, feel free to munch your French fries. You know, like the couple of slobs we are. It adds to the ambiance. God, I love it. I heard you say it on Doug's show, and I and I, I think you've said it to me before too. When you, I just love it when you talk about Greg Hughes and you say, "Look at the nice suit and the beautiful haircut and the manicure," <laughs> and then look at me. Which one would you peg as being the gay man here? <laughs> I love that. It must just the first time you ever said that. That must have just drove him crazy. Now I think he kind of likes it, but I think it was Greg that said it the first time. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's, he's got a pretty good sense of humor. He's a terrific human being, except yeah. he's too far right. <laughs> he's so awful. On well, he's not, you know what it is. Oh, we're recording now, by the way. Oh. He's um, Senator DeBacchus is our guest on the Let's Go Eat Show. Jim DeBacchus, up Utah progressives. You prefer to be called a progressive as opposed to a liberal? Yeah, they're the same to me, but it seems to be a little bit more um, politically correct. The, the, the Republicans spent a long time taking 
taking all the good about a liberal and and destroying it. So I can I'm I'm happy to be called a liberal, but just seems a little better yeah. to be a progressive. You, you think Greg Hughes and I I don't maybe we shouldn't speak about him if he isn't here. Uh, but uh, he's a he's a smart guy, and he is a um, he's a charming guy. And he t- it seems to me he's he's just about as shrewd as a human being could be. Uh, do you think he's uh, as uh, conservative as he is because of where he lives and who he represents? And if he were somewhere else, he might be less conservative. It's kind I think, of hard to say. I, I guess. think what makes him so conservative is he wants to stay speaker. Yeah. So he he needs to he needs to appeal to that group of extremists in in the House because they they may well be the balance. And so a lot of weird bills that shouldn't go there go to Levar Christensen, the Judiciary Committee in the House. They'd have no business being there, but LeVar wants them, and Hughes needs to keep keep that body happy. That is his audience now. Um, those members of, of his uh, it's it's of his more caucus. it's it's more the House because there are some very extreme people, and it's more the House than it is his own constituency. Even he could be more progressive with his constituency if he. I think he could. Mm. I mean, you you come down to Medicaid expansion, for example. I suspect that a reasonable non-speaker Greg Hughes would be at least amenable to a conversation. Whereas, with the um, with the people that are in his body, he he just yeah. is hard line. He has to be. Let's talk about uh, the. So we'll talk about the legislature and what just transpired with with our progressive uh, member of the uh, Utah State Legislature. Uh, who else? W- is is up there? I mean, you, you seem like the lone. Yeah, I mean, you seem like the lone voice sometime. But there are others up there. Who else is stands in your corner with you? Well, Luce Robles, right, um, is quite progressive. The rest of the senators, I would call progressive, but they're not. They're not really progressive. Karen Maine and June Davis and Janie Yamoto, hmm. um, terrific senators. But I, I wouldn't say they're uber progressives over in the house brian king is pretty progressive mark wheatley is quite progressive sandra mm-hmm. hollings is quite progressive um so th- there's quite a number over okay. there all right so um let's just talk about pluses and minuses first of all of this past session of the legislature i don't think you would fi- you would find very many pluses with what happened up there in 2016 this was my fourth session and by far this was the worst session there was a, a kind of arrogance on the part of the republican party um that that wasn't it, a lot of times these headline issues about the zion curtain or about gay stuff or about um abortion i mean they were all there but for me, the real fight, the real deviousness, the real rubber meeting the road was on tax bills and, and how they just took care of um, every corporation around and how they manipulated things so that huge, unbelievable tax cuts for corporations and very little, if anything, for real working Utahns, and nothing but contempt 
for people who uh, who are having a struggle earning a living. Uh, what? Give us an example of some of the corporate tax uh, cuts and that you were talking about. Or is this a, is the Rocky Mountain Power thing that we were talking about part of that? Well, the the, the refineries are five refineries up here in North Salt Lake. Um, there's a big new wave that really is going to clean up our air. It's called Tier 3. And just like at one time, we had leaded gas. And then, if you remember, they took the lead out, and right. now we're unleaded gas. That had a terrific effect on cleaning up our air. This is going to be even more. When we get to Tier 3, uh, our tailpipe pollution is going to drop by 65 to 70%. It's a big, big deal in the valley. All cars in America are going to be Tier 3 as of 2016. They're engines. So when you combine that with the gasoline, profound effect. But when the EPA was meeting with the refineries nationally, they said, um, you, they negotiated it out. And they said, 70%, you've got to average 10 millimeters per uh, Per mil, per million. Mm-hmm. Right now we're at 30. It's getting a little complicated, but if you stick with me, I think you'll see where I'm going. We are now at 30 parts per million. We need to be at 10 parts per million to be there with Tier 3. But what the refineries, what Chevron said is, you know what? We can get to the 10 million through all of our production and not touch Utah. We're going to do California. We're going to do other places. We'll leave Utah at 30 million and we'll just go to these other places. And we may never get to Utah at all. Really? Yeah. And that's what Chevron said. Then Chevron came up with, you know what? We've been thinking about this. And it's going to cost two or three, maybe $400 million to convert the refineries out there to Tier 3. But you know what, Utah? Although we're doing it on our own in California, if you gave us half of that money, we might go to Tier 3 earlier. And so... Earlier than never. Earlier than never. (laughs) And so with holding Utah as an extortion, really, they put a gun to our heads and said... You pay half of this. It's going to be about $280 million. You pay half, we'll pay half, we'll maybe clean your air. So when the, when the bill first came out, the bill came out with a $4 million price tag. And it went through the Senate 27 to 1. And I had met with Tesaro the day before, and uh, Tesaro said, I said, what is this going to cost you guys? And they said, well, we've got $100 million for the first phase. We have three phases. So I said, well, what are you going to make from the state of Utah for the first phase? And they said, we're going to get $50 million back mm-hmm. if this bill passes. And I said, how could it be $4 million on the fiscal note? So I, after it passed, I went back to the fiscal analyst and I said, I think you got the numbers all wrong here. You know, will you rerun it? They reran it. Came back with a $280 million fiscal note, and that $280 million comes out of the education fund because it's income tax. Oh. And they also made an, a, another couple of changes 
that were very, very good for the refineries. They could take that $280 million out of their profits for their whole operation. In the first part of it, it was they had to take it only out of the added profit from the capital costs. So there it went, zooming along, to sorrow to their credit, told me, Senator, we're not taking the money. We're going to go to Tier 3. We're going to spend the money. We think it's our moral responsibility to the people of Utah. But if the legislature passes this and there's 50 or $60 million on the table, we will have a fiduciary responsibility to our shareholders to not walk away from it. Sure. So if you pass it, we'll take it. Otherwise, we're going to do it for free. So the legislature um, passed it through. And then, remember, this is $280 million out of our school education funds to go directly to Chevron and the biggest oil companies in the country from our poor school kids. And they're holding us extortion with extortion. So then guess what happened? Uh, Chevron, they sent the bill to Chevron and they went, well, it's not quite enough. So we don't think we're going to do it anyway. So they pulled the refinery part out at the last minute. So we're not going to pay, but we're probably going to have dirty air. So it's just <clears throat> the pits. Yeah. It, uh, I don't think the pits is the word you wanted to use, was it? No, <laughs> it it's not. not. How does anybody justify this? Or do they just not care? Well, you had a group of people that said... We live for clean air. We don't care who's paying for it or how. We just want the air cleaner. And that's what their job is. Yeah. You know, Good people that said that. 99% had no clue what was going on with the bill because there's 1,200 bills. Another one came along. Talk about corporate welfare. Rocky Mountain Power. We are one of the largest coal burners in the country. We're huge. Yeah. That's what we use. That's where we get our electricity. And they love and they love coal. So they have been watching out of the corner of their eye with this solar because solar is expanding and they're not really in the loop very much. Mm -hmm. Rocky Mountain Power. So they have been maneuvering around to get into it. Mm -hmm. But rather than get competitive with those people that come to your house Mm -hmm. and put the, the rooftop on. They tried to game the system so they could have all the control over that. So Rocky Mountain Power comes up, and they needed to do two things. They want they want those guys out of business, the the their competitors, the solar people, and then second, in order to keep an eye on that and where it's going, they wanted to have the legislature make up the rules and not the Public Service Commission. Every single thing with utilities, because their monopoly is decided by the Public Service Commission. But Rocky Mountain Power decided the Public Service Commission may not go our way. So they put this legislation that took the power out of the hands of these three professionals on the Public Service Commission. And these are people appointed by the governor. Yeah, these are not particularly sensitive to consumers. They're not the people I'd put on there, the people Gary Herbert put on. So they see things through the glass of the corporations anyway. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they brought this terrible bill, which also said before 
when there was a new experimental like project, the Rocky Mountain Power would pay seventy uh, percent. The ratepayers would pay thirty percent. Now the ratepayers pay a hundred percent, and Rocky Mountain Power gets seventy percent of the profits. So those were the those were the things that were in this bill. It was it was it was ludicrous. It went through the Senate, despite my biting and kicking and screaming, went over to the House, and hallelujah, can you believe it? It lost by 10 votes. It was the damnedest thing. There was great celebration, and there it sat until the final hours of the legislature, when this army of $500 an hour lobbyists started crawling out of the woodwork. They were everywhere. They were hitting up Hughes. They were hitting up... Uh, Dunnigan, they were hitting up the leaders of the House, who then were calling their troops and saying, I want you to switch your vote on this. You've got to switch it. You've got to go. We've got to change this. Rocky Mountain Power is at stake. We've got to save them. Look at all the money they give us. You know, we're, we, we're, this is our army out here, and they were beat. We've got to blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, 12 of those people that got it turned their vote around. Rocky Mountain Power got what they wanted, and there it is. And one of the most interesting parts was big business, big other industrial users were against, it's called SB 115. And so, and they were because they don't want Rocky Mountain Power to have all that power and manipulate their rates either. So there was a big negotiation. And you know who the negotiation was? It was between the big corporate industrial users and Rocky Mountain Power. So the House says, okay, we came to a a wonderful compromise, which is all of the big industrial users were taken care of. So they said, all right, we'll support it. But not one discussion was had with any consumer, with a rate payer that is just a normal person. They're collateral damage in all of this, and they get screwed over. Rocky Mountain Power pulled out this i mean it was just disgusting i think i started off by asking you what were the pluses of the session and those are the pluses <laughs> those are the good start parts telling you the bad stuff yeah. Oh, no. yeah. oh. when are you going to start start telling us the bad stuff then jeez oh, i'm going to need a xanax or something um. then can i uh you said that they went they changed their votes at the last minute can, does that happen a lot i mean can you Oh, yeah. Can you change your vote at any time while the Senate's in session? So what happens is once a bill is killed, dead, in order to bring it back, you need two-thirds to vote to bring it back, which Mm. is really hard for normal people to do on any vote. Mm. So they got got two-thirds of the body with a bill that lost by ten votes. I mean, that's a huge turnaround. They did it because those giant lobbyists were screaming, and, you know, they Mm. tap. Man. Um, we talked. There were a lot of progressive-sounding bills uh, this year uh, that didn't pass. But we hear uh, people talking uh, baby steps. Well, these are baby steps, um, and maybe next year they'll pass. Do you buy any of that? And we're talking about things like medical marijuana. Uh, we're talking about things like uh, the hate crimes, and I mean that death penalty, uh, uh, death penalty, all of those. Um, are we, are, are we edging closer to any of that stuff actually being a reality? I don't think so. Really? I mean, the reason we got to there with medical marijuana is because of one senator, Who's Mark Madsen, who is passionate and who is um, 
consumed by it. And that, and then there was a, a the woman who brought it forward too. The not not a, not in the legislature, but a citizen. Right. She she brought it forward. Terrific and, lady. Yeah. Mark Matson is retiring. I don't see who's going to take his place. And on capital punishment, for example, the reason it got through the House, uh, the Senate, with five or six votes to spare, was uh, a mighty legend, Steve Urquhart. He's retiring. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to stand up with these bills again. Steve was also there with hate crimes. Um, I, I don't. I don't see anybody there. I just don't see him passing. And and they were playing a game over in the House. I mean, on medical marijuana, the real medical marijuana bill. The one with THC. and Right. So they they said, okay, it's gone through the Senate. We're going to put it into a committee. And then they put it in a committee that they knew was going to kill it. There was no chance it was going to come out. It was all arranged. Same with capital punishment. That's what they, that's what they did, and that's what happened. Nobody should be surprised. So these are not baby steps. We're not, we're not becoming... The legislature is not becoming more progressive. I don't think so. I think there was some interesting votes based on personalities this year, and I just don't think they're there. Yeah, I mean, all the headlines were, you know, legislature sees most progressive bills in history. None of them passed. What? Yeah. Why did? Why does the? Uh, why do you think the media tries to paint that picture? Because they do, in a way. They try to paint the picture that maybe we're becoming a little more progressive. We have some of the finest reporters up there that, that I've ever seen, but there are not enough of them. I can remember when I was a cub and would go up there, the Tribune might have 20 or 25 reporters covering the legislature. Same with the Deseret News. The television stations had a team of five or six with... Uh, that were up there all day. Now, there's uh, two reporters for the uh, for the Deseret News. There's two or three on and off for the Trib. They just physically can't cover everything, and the legislature takes great advantage of that. And I think they put some of these glitzy look at look how shiny this is kind of bills to divert attention from where they are doing a great disservice and feeding all of their corporate guys hundreds of millions of dollars by having everybody concentrate on, you know, as passionate as I am about hate crimes, what they did in getting $80 million to Utah manufacturers by exempting them from sales and use tax didn't even make the paper. Talk about that. Just to put this into perspective, I'm on the education committee And the single greatest thing that can happen for Utah education is preschool and a full-day kindergarten. Virtually everybody agrees. This year, talking about good things, we put $12 million toward that. And and there were high fives everywhere. We look at our commitment. Look how great we've done. Isn't that wonderful? In marches the Manufacturers Association and the Utah Taxpayers Association. And they've got a bill that says all manufacturers in the state will be exempt from sales and use tax. It was SB, HB 180. HB 180. And there it is. Within three years, you know what that was going to cost the state? 
fiscal note on it. Remember, $12 million were going crazy, but we're only helping about 25% of the at-risk kids with this. This gives a tax break to the manufacturers $84 million. $100,000 a year from then on. They don't have to pay taxes anymore. Manufacturers. And this is one after another after another. And, and they're worried about the, the media is looking at the glitzy toy over here yeah. when, oh, my God, look what's happening. I mean, this is the first I, I, I had not even heard of that. It's not that was not reported that I, I know of. It was defeated the final day, you know, mm-hmm. but they said they're going to be back next year, and, um, and they will be until they get it. They got a partial of this a couple of years ago, and now, ironically, they're saying, well, some companies got excused from this, and it's not fair, so we need to, we need to get everybody. I said, there's a fair way to do it, and it's just take those exemptions away from the other ones. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Sorry, I'm getting you depressed here. but You are. <laughs> Because because I think also you're 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 getting kind of. This is your fourth session. When are you up for re-election? Two more years. So you got two more sessions. If I survive, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you could resign. I could resign. I've been known to do that before. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you you have done that before, haven't you? Um, I th- you'll I you'll do two more sessions, but. I don't. I don't know how you do it. People Partisan school boards for the first time. They're, oh, they're yeah. going Republican, Democrat. That's such horse crap. Historic Jesus. districts. You know, we have areas in Sugar House with how bungalows does, and in the yeah. avenues. Now, under the, the under the chanting of "What about property owners that can tear down twenty bungalows in a yeah. beautiful Sugar House neighborhood and put up one big mansion?" Horrible. Because the developers have a God-given constitutional right, yeah. $500 million to build a cockamamie Lake Powell and Bear River uh, diversion five of our tax dollars. They, hid, they sort of have hidden that, too. They, uh, uh, this, that, that really pisses me off because every study by uh, 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 any, any economist has shown this is not economically feasible. Environmentalists say it's not feasible. The, his, Lake Powell is at historically low levels. There's not enough water. Well, people say, well, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Those people need water. You put a limit on development. You put a limit on growth. That's what you do. You don't, you don't say, let's just build more homes and, and we'll find the water somewhere. It's a desert. We're the second driest state in America. You know, we can't just poof it. So yes, talk about how they've hidden, how they, they're hiding their, their plans to build this pipeline that makes no economic or environmental sense. Last year, they, they did two things. They raised the price on a gallon of gas for the first time in a long time. That set up a fund. And last year also, they set up this nondescript kind of, well, just going to call this an infrastructure fund, and they put $5 million in it. This year, they brought it out and said, let's put $500 million in it for water. And I stood on the floor of the Senate, and I said, why don't we call this the Lake Powell Pipeline? And one of the senators stood up and said, I don't see Lake Powell on this. I don't know that Lake Powell is there. This is not a Lake Powell Pipeline. Uh And I said... What the hell? 
What are we voting for? It's $500 million for what? Nothing? What would, what would happen if you had sat on the Senate floor? Oh, bullshit. <laughs> and there are times. <laughs> would, would have gotten a laugh. <laughs> they would have been outraged. I know. I mean, they can steal this. Senator, senator. No. Out, of, out of order. 250000 bucks to pay for the San Juan County Commissioner's legal expenses out of taxpayers, and they can't give it directly to, you know what I'm talking about, the San Juan Phil County Lyman. Commissioner, yeah, the Lyman thing. So they can't give money directly to an individual. So they set up a nonprofit, and then in legislative intent, it says exactly that this money is to be used, and they say the legislature intends that $250,000 appropriation for Rural Utah Alliance, the nonprofit, mm-hmm. will be used to defend and protect rural counties' interests by providing legal assistance for county officials when faced with land use. $250,000 a year tax money to go to pay for the lawbreaker. Now, so is that, is that really going to go to Phil Wyman retroactively? So here's another thing. I said to the analysts, the legal people with the committee, I want to know exactly where that money goes. And they said, well, Senator, they're only going to report back what they're going to. And I said, I'll, I'll grandma the damn thing. And they said, no, because it's going to a nonprofit. It's not grandmaable. That means uh, government record, sunshine law. Yeah, 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 sunshine. So we may never know exactly where it, where it ends up. Mm. Replacing the word grandma with sunshine means it's not helpful. Oh, I mean, uh, government access, uh, it means that you you have access to the records to see where money goes. Right. You need, okay. you need to be able to see where it goes, transparency of okay. where it goes. Yeah, if it's taxpayers' money, every citizen ought to be able to go and say, where did that money go? How government, was it spent? Government, yeah. grandma, government record access, meh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best explanation. Grandma. Okay. They call it grandma. All right, thanks. Uh, you know, that uh, that's, uh, man, that's really, and, and let's talk about the, so they, then they start setting aside money. I, you know, and I, I, I like Spencer Cox a lot, but he's, and he's on our show in the morning once a week during the session, you know, and I said, okay, so you're setting aside $14 million to get the federal lands back. We're going to take back. No, no, no. No, no. No, I think they set aside a little bit of money to study, maybe four, it was $4 million, I think, or something, oh, to study it. All it is, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. They're setting aside the money. And, uh-huh. and we're going to start pissing this money down a rat hole, and I don't understand how we can hire a law firm to study getting the federal lands back, getting getting land from the federal government. So we hired this law firm. They said, you know what? We, I, we think there's a case. And uh, it'd take about $14 bucks, but it's winnable. And so we say, okay, let's hire you guys, and we'll pay you $14 million. Bucks. It's like, it's like, what are we, the biggest rubes on the planet? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> we could be giving that money to Rocky Mountain Power or something. <laughs> I mean, rule number one is we paid that company $650,000 to right. study whether or not we should start this big lawsuit. Rule number one should have been, and by the way, just for conflict of interest, you get the six fifty, but you don't get to bid on it because right. we want to know what the best thing is. But they didn't do that. And as to our fine lieutenant governor... The intent language 
uh, to spend that four and a half million dollars is the commission for the stewardship of public lands will be will use this for public lands litigation. Four million mm-hmm. and appropriates four million five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It's, it's it's just the beginning. It's just, but it's there for only litigation, yeah. and they won't admit all this stuff. Yeah, you know, they just pretend like we're not doing what we're doing. Can I? I just ask a theoretical question. Um, isn't Ken Ivory? This is all about public lands again. Isn't Ken Ivory? essentially a lobbyist for the American Lands Council, of which he is the president. Well, he's resigned. Oh, he has? Yeah, he's not the president anymore. He's on their board. I don't know what the financial... But he still works for the American Lands Council. You know, Howard Stevenson is a registered lobbyist for the Utah Taxpayers Association. Yeah, that's right. How is this all legal that you can be a member of the state legislature and a registered lobbyist? I don't know. And remember, the Utah Taxpayers Association is not like taxpayers like you and me. No. It is for the giant corporations. No. And so I don't get it. I don't get how, how Ken Ivory can go around soliciting money from other county governments. And, you know. You'd have to ask Ken Ivory about that, maybe. Yeah, you have him on. I mean, Jim. Jim wouldn't even he, let us buy him a damn order of French fries. For yeah, lunch. I tried to. I tried to buy Jim Debacus French fries for lunch, and he said, "Nope, can't do it." We should also say that I think Jim is the most prepared guest we've ever had. His <laughs> files of paperwork. I look like one of those creepy guys, you know, with a aluminum hat. You yeah. know that right. I know I've got that paper somewhere. Stay tuned, Alice. I'll find it. I know it's there. Got the uh, let me ask you about a couple of other things. You. Um, Oh, I shouldn't ask you about this. You'll get really mad. That's okay. Indigenous peoples. I'm getting mad. (laughs) What the hell happened there? So look. Indigenous Peoples Day. Columbus Day is a crock, and everyone knows it. Um, And, you know, we grew up being fed this line about Columbus for however it got into our into our system, I don't know. The, the 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 Catholics and the Knights of Columbus and it became a it became a, a wonderful myth that kids believed. And it was a you know, there is some little bit of history there. Yes, Columbus came to this hemisphere in three boats, the Nina, the Pinta and the Santa Maria, and that's about the only truth of the history we learned. And, and there was a queen named Isabella who said go and do this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about the only truth that we learned. And it was 1492, and the ocean might have been blue on occasion. Well, a group of indigenous, a group of Native Americans came to me and said, you know, there are only seven or eight holidays, state holidays. We're offended by what Columbus did. First of all, he never came to Utah. Never, never came, came to the United States. No. You know, I... The closest was in the Bahamas, I think. Hispaniola. Came. Hispaniola. So there are 50,000 of us living here. We're the, we're, we're the, we were here. We, in our genes, in our mm-hmm. blood. You guys all pretend that it all started mm-hmm. with Father Dominguez and with the Mormon pioneers. We had great civilizations that were here. So and it's called Utah. Utes and Shivwits and. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they came to me, and I, I was a little thought, well, I don't know about that. Does it need its own holiday? And there is a month, like an Indigenous People's Month and whatever. And I thought, you know what? We reserve these holidays for very, very special events. So if we got to pick one, let's dump Columbus Day. And let's honor the living people that are remnants of these great civilizations. So we decided we had a hearing in the Senate. It was a tough committee. But you can't imagine what happened from every corner of the state, not one television camera, from every corner of the state, Native Americans came. And it was the most packed hearing room of the entire session. You just can't imagine the pride. You can't imagine. People drove from four corners up to testify, to be there. Young people were everywhere they wanted to tell their story they wanted it to happen they want they they were feeling like they were part of this building for the first time so a young mother got up and talked about about columbus day and how as a native american they would take pins and put up the individual letters columbus day and how every Native American knows in, 18, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and the Nina and the Pinta and the Santa Maria. She said, but we ourselves don't know the name of one of our great tribal leaders. We know nothing about our history. Nothing is taught. We need that day once a year to have these youngsters who are part of our school system to have a day of pride for their great civilizations and, and to show what, what they did. And it got really emotional seeing these inc- incredible people feeling as though they were participating. It passed the committee. There was a dissenting vote. And then it went on to the floor of the House. In the procedures of the Senate, a senator may ask for a specific bill to come at a what's called a time certain so that... It, so that you can either alert the media or if you have special witnesses or sometimes you have special guests that are flying in and you want to do something at an exact time, and that way people don't have to be there. I've never heard of a time certain being refused ever in the history of the Senate. Nobody could remember Mm -hmm. the last time that had happened. But word spread through that building of what had happened in that committee hearing. And the Senate knew that they weren't going anywhere with that indigenous people law. And they didn't want to face those Native Americans all over the gallery, especially with some of the dunderhead things that were going to be said. So for the first time that anybody can ever remember, I was refused a time certain on this bill. They said, no, we're not doing it, led by Senator Dayton. In, in Orem. She did not want a time certain. And you wanted it because you wanted to alert the media. And, and all of these the- Native Americans wanted to come in. They wanted yeah. to be there when this moment yeah. had come. And sh- they wouldn't allow it. So they brought it up when the regular time, and you, you, you couldn't keep people from four corners there for two or three days, depending on when they pulled it off the board, the bill. Mm-hmm. So we had the bill. Unbelievably unfortunate things were said during the debate. In a way, I was glad Maybe they were right not to have it time certain because it was so offensive what was being said and so ignorant that it would have... Were some of the people there? 
What? No, because nobody knew no. when it was coming up. No, no, you know, no, no. so um, so it was good. It was it was in a way it was good. Had I known they were going to say that um, syphilis was given to the world by Native Americans and some of the things that were said, it, it would have broken their hearts anyway. But I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep bringing that bill back. What the hell did Columbus ever do for Utah? <laughs> and yet, this land is is still. F- filled with native americans that we screwed over for so many years it's time and i mean things there are things all around us named after native americans Uh, i just i just looked up some notes i took when we were down in san pete county san pete named after a famous ute tribal chief named chief sandpitch really yeah i I mean i don't know how it got corrupted into san pete but you know, but there's still the Sand Pit, Sand Pitch Mountains, and the Sand Pitch River, mm. and for some reason, Sand Pitch got kind of corrupted into Sand Pete. But it's that's it's a he's a famous Ute chief. Well, he's a famous, relatively speaking, he's right. a he's a known Ute chief, Chief Sand Pitch. So, well, so there you go. See there, I learn every day right here. There oh. you go. Indigenous Peoples Day, and and it's not without precedent. Columbus Day has been replaced. By uh, four other states, four other states have yeah. done it. I know it was Washington has done it. Remember um, Utah, where we were on Martin Luther King Day. I do. Fiftieth. Yeah, we were the fiftieth state. We we took this. Uh, we we were a little sooner for this. I can't remember it. Non discrimination day or something, but. We were the last state to include the name Martin Luther King in a That's right. We called it Non-Discrimination Day for a while. Yeah, something. Because because for some reason some legislators did not want the name Martin Luther King to pass their lips or... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Oh, my. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Expanded Medicaid coverage. We got a little tiny... It's it's almost... I mean, it's better, I guess, that... than not having anything, but it's almost nothing. 16,000 people, they figure it'll cover. And the people that are covered are um, are people getting out of jail. You know, nothing wrong with that. I'm glad they're there. Yep. But it, it, at first, it's the chronically homeless. And a chronically homeless means you got to be homeless for more than a year. And it's entirely income dependent. So you've been out of a job for more than a year, and you can prove that, and you have zero income, then you can get Medicaid. But as soon as you earn a dollar, technically, you're off. Talk about an incentive to go get a job. Mm -hmm. So that's the first group covered. The second group is people involved in the criminal justice system. So you're just getting out of jail uh, you get it. You get it for a year. At the end of the year, depending on that, you're you're off because your income isn't going to be there. I mean, this is the most cynical, ridiculous. Pretend we do something because it's an election year. That money is at a thirty percent match. That is, the state pays thirty percent. The federal government pays seventy. If we took full Medicaid expansion, it's at a ninety ten match. I mean, it's it's just preposterous. We're leaving on the table four hundred and sixty million dollars a year by not taking full Medicaid expansion over taking this frail, stupid, done again 
Representative Donegan plan, it is ludicrous. No, they say we run it like a business, the state. No business would do no. this. It's just absurd. Is, is there is there a chance again that this is a step and we'll you know well we'll just we'll see how it works. And if it seems to be working okay. You know what it is? It 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 may be that, but it has nothing to do with if it's working or anything else. It is how it is politically gutless people that will t- put their toe in the in the water and it doesn't mean they're, they're not really testing how much of this is going to cost or anything what they're really testing is how much poop is going to come down on me by the tea party mm-hmm. right wingers so th- this yeah. is what they have exchanged a hundred thousand desperate utah families getting health care so they could protect their political ass that's what it is and yeah. it's the most shocking thing i've ever seen I, I i just can't believe how bad it is fetal pain <laughs> yeah. abortion you know they just couldn't, no. couldn't couldn't get couldn't leave that couldn't alone leave that alone Spent has anybody while. has anybody determined uh uh you know my suggestion was is that uh whoever passed the uh that piece of legislation should have to be the one to figure out how you administer the anesthetic to the fetus how do you do it you get get a big long needle. That's and, what they do. That's exactly what it is. It oh goes in through the belly, and it takes a needle and it and it injects it into the fetus. It is, it's just barbaric. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Barbaric. It's so awful. So two more, two more sessions. Two more. Senator Debacus. Two more. We. The constituency, the uh, the people of Utah are more are more moderate, are more progressive than the state legislature. No question about is it. That, how is it? How can we? How can we get the legislature to more closely mirror the people of Utah? You know how we really could do that, and there's only one solution: count my vote and uh, education first, and a number of those. Groups that are trying to do it, those are Republican groups, and they they only want to do it as far as it keeps the Republican status quo going. What we need more than anything, not just on one issue, but across the board, we need a lot more Democrats. And that means you've got to get registered. It's maybe a pain, and it may take an hour or two, and then you've got to go out and vote. If that would happen, if Democrats... Progressive people across the state would take a few moments and vote, and everybody thinks, oh, it's just my one vote. Oh, my God, it matters. It matters. It's unbelievably important. If you're, we lost four seats in the, on the west side of Salt Lake, uh, one of them by 70 or 80 votes, another by 200, another by 400. I mean, they really matter. If you really want to change a state, if you want to tear down the Zion Curtain, if you want to make things fair, if you want to, if you want to protect our public lands and have places to go out and use an ATV and not get locked up in a private development, you've got to register. You've got to get out. You've got to vote, vote, and encourage other people. And we could turn this thing around in no time. You don't even have to be particularly liberal. You can be a conservative Democrat. I, it almost we almost need the old days of the of the LDS Church. We, what we need to do is have every ward house and every bishop. Uh, go uh, on a Sunday uh, sometime before the election and say, okay, 
here's what we're going to do. We're going to divide up evenly. Everybody on this side is a Republican, and everybody on this side is a Democrat. That's how I, uh, that's how I understand they used to do it. They used to, they used to divide it up that way. So, I've asked for that back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, they said, that's how we do it. You just make sure that everything is fair. This side's Democrat. This side's Republican. Now go out and vote. But you know why it's going to matter this year more than uh, – there's a potential for dramatic change. First of all, Democrats are lazy in about 20% more vote for presidential elections than vote in the off years. Hmm. So you just get a lot more Democrats voting. B, the top of the ticket gets people out more than anything. Last year, last time when Mitt Romney was there, 80,000 people that had never voted again all across the state marched out to vote for Brother Mitt. Mm Mm-hmm. If you get Donald Trump at the top of that ticket, Utahns don't like Donald Trump. So you're going to have lots and lots of Republicans that are that are not going to vote for Donald Trump, which means they're not going to show up. So if we have Bernie or Hillary, Democrats are going to be there. Perhaps we can catch a fire of one kind or another. Republicans are going to stay home in record numbers. It is a presidential year. This is a year... It would make so much difference to have five or six, seven, ten, fifteen different House seats that are for Democrats and two or three Senate seats. It would change the world. It's that simple. Change the the world here in Utah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, do you have any uh, idea what's going to play out for the Republicans nationally? They're screwed. I mean, no matter what they do, they're screwed. They're really screwed because let's suppose they give Donald Trump. The nomination. They're really screwed. That's bad. Yeah. But yeah. let's suppose they don't. So he gets in there, and they're maneuvering around. Mitt Romney and, uh, and Kasich and Paul, Ryan. and Paul Ryan, they're all there playing these games. Now imagine this. Three-quarters of the amount of delegates needed to get nominated are in Donald Trump's hands. They get in Cleveland, and they say, no, you know what? We're maneuvering around. We're not going to give you the nomination. All hell would break loose. And then what? He either runs as an independent or, I I mean, give me the good side. Either you get Donald Trump or you get a very pissed off Mm -hmm. Donald Trump supporters. What? How does that work? I think. Weren't weren't they ridiculous? Aren't, Aren't they dumb not to have foreseen this? How did they how did they let this happen? How did they let it get away from they them? created it and they're responsible yeah. for it. It is their Donald Trump is the face of the Republican Party. And they they the Republicans are moderate, reasonable, Utah ish kind of middle ground, not the Mike Lees, but, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. establishment Republicans. They took just like they did around the country. They took advantage of having those loopies. In their party, those extremists, they loved it. It got them elected. It got them these big majorities. It got them overpowering power. And now look what's happened. The extremists have taken over their party, and they're horrified. But mm-hmm. they deserve it. They let them in. They welcome them, mm-hmm. welcomed them. They said, participate. We want your votes. We want you to participate. And now what? All around the country, they've gotten exactly what they deserve because he's taken over. Yep. Two more sessions, Jim DeBacchus. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, don't say that. Maybe. Get out and vote. Serve serve 
You're my senator. You know that. So I didn't know that. Yeah, you're my senator. So serve, serve me as my senator for two more terms. And then you'll run. Oh, God, God no. I couldn't do it. I, you know, you, um, I, I mean, I saw you putting on the King George outfit. You know, I thought, how, and I know, and I know how you're doing it. Because you, sometimes you got to go along to get along. And I just thought I, I, I'd be out the first day. Yeah. You would be. The I one would be escorted out. from the Senate chambers yep. <laughs> on the first day by the sergeant at arms. I don't think they can escort you. They, it's, they have to leave you in. You know, you you have immunity. I, now I think they can get. Uh, there must be some. There must be some mechanism where they can uh, escort you, and you you have to vote from an ante room somewhere. Have you heard of Hamilton the musical? Oh, of course, uh. yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, so Ruined Hamilton for me. We managed, believe it or Damn not, it. to get buried in the bowels of the of the budget. Of course, my my fingerprints aren't on it at all. Mm-hmm. Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do Hamilton stuff. So there's going to be a terrific, amazing, life-changing in every high school in the state contest about Hamilton. And then there's going to be regional things and, and a big final for Hamilton on our new Eccles Theater. I mean, we're, so I, I want to say some cool things are happening. Of course, my fingerprints can't be near him. So, so, but is there going to be? Uh, is uh, Hamilton will eventually the musical will eventually come to the uh, Eccles Theater? Yeah, but probably not for ten years. So this It'd be that is long. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we talked to the Hamilton people. So imagine, imagine every high school has a like American Idol, mm-hmm. and they're doing Hamiltonishy stuff that is really relevant and rapping and things to do with mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. And then the winners there go to regional ones, and the regional ones go on to the stage of this new theater. And then the best part, the 10 winners go on to Broadway to see the real Hamilton and meet um, our... Lynn, uh, Lynn Lynn Manuel yeah. Huh. So we man- I managed to... Managed to get um, some money for that. So that's a cool idea. Yeah. But when who was it? Uh, which senator? Ivory. Ivory yeah. said he liked it and made it, ugh, ruined Hamilton for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruined it. It's like when your parents get on Facebook. It's not cool anymore. You know, or like, nope. I still know. I don't know enough about it to to like it or not like it. I just know that that uh, it must be something. It must be something amazing because. Download it. You'll just you'll just start humming along. If you if you hear it, it's just it's that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, like nothing you've ever heard before. But you know, does Ken, Ken Ivory must realize that that Hamilton was about the most centralized government person on the planet. I mean, he invented the idea of central centralized government, and the federal government can do everything for you, right? You, you got to get him on, you know, because okay. uh, that's a weird one to explain. Yeah, I'll try to. Let's try to get him on. He won't do no, it. I know he won't. <coughs> we tried to get him on stuff. Oh yeah, we did try to get him on our. Uh, we did you, try to get him on another show. What do you think Utah show? show he and he wouldn't do it. Wouldn't yeah. No. We did. We got uh, Mike Noel on talking about uh, public lands and stuff. He's and you know and and Mr. Noel was a, an interesting and wonderful guy to talk to. Yes. I, yeah, he is. He can. He got mad a couple of times, but that's okay. To calm him down, but that's fine. Anyway, Jim, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, I appreciate it's you being my senator, and I appreciate uh, being on your television show as well. Every Sunday morning at 9.30. <clears throat> Up Utah Progressives, uh, Channel 4, 9.30. And uh, 
Thanks for doing that, and thanks for fighting the good fight. It's uh, it's difficult, I know. And thanks you for doing it every single morning. It's uh, just a pleasure. All right. We got a, a cool. note passed to us by that kid who was sitting there watching. What is, does it is it say? nasty? It says, I'm... Something about I'm I'm for Trump, silent majority. Trump something. At least he didn't punch us. Yeah. Boy, yeah. He, you know, he, he got up kind of violently there. He yeah. he boy, he cut that in yeah. there really yeah. Wow, and he he's a skateboard kid, you know. The, uh, look, yeah. I thought he was kinda hippie, but there he is with a Trump uh wow. Yeah. You know, we better. We, I've been screaming for Trump because I think he's going to be so easy. But you know, the, the downside of that is he could win. I um, I I would hate to lose Trump in uh, just it's just for the sheer easier. spectacle of it. <laughs> the sheer spectacle of it. Anyway, Jim DeBacchus, right, thank you. Thanks, you guys. I thanks love so doing it. All right, uh, that's it. Uh, that's the Let's Go You Show. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks to mm-hmm. 50 West for the French fries. And uh, thanks, Chase, for the coffee in a real mug. I'm Bill Allred. And if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double.